Hello, I'm Joel Nelson, and this is the Joel vs. Arthritis podcast. Hello, and welcome back to a very special episode of the Joel vs. Arthritis podcast, where today we'll be discussing a subject that's obviously close to my heart in juvenile arthritis. Um, I'm delighted to be joined by a very special guest, uh, Rebecca Beasley of the Juvenile Arthritis Research Project, or JAR Project. Um, Rebecca, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Thanks for having us today. Thank you. Um, Would you like to introduce yourself to the listeners? Yep, so I um, am a volunteer with Juvenile Arthritis Research Charity and um, I'm also, as well as having juvenile arthritis myself, I'm also a parent of a child with juvenile arthritis. So I kind of have seen both sides of it, I kind of wear both both hats um, and I help mainly behind the scenes with, um, on the admin side of things and I manage their social media channels. So um, if anyone's interacting on social media, it's most likely me, <laughs> me that they're interacting with behind the scenes. Um, but as a small charity, it's really whatever needs doing, you know, I'm happy to get stuck in and, and help with really. Okay, um, brilliant. And um, can you tell us a little bit about what JR Project um, does? Yep. So as I said, we're a very small charity and relatively new as well. It began at the beginning of uh, 2018. But the way we think of it is although we're a small charity, we're actually already making a big difference in the world of juvenile arthritis and in the lives of children um, with juvenile arthritis. Uh, We have three core aims um, and they all kind of build towards our vision, which is actually we want to see a world where no child has to suffer from arthritis ultimately. Um, And a core part of that is the research side of things. Um, basically, when, when the project was started, it was noticed that there is a kind of gap in arthritis research um, in the sense that there's always very much like some some researchers will have a specific agenda or they'll have a specific funding for a specific project. And there was no one joining up the dots between what was happening in JAA research and perhaps other autoimmune conditions. Um, so it was really to, to start to look at how we can bring all the research that is out there together and learn from what's already out there as well as conducting our own research as well so we have our kind of lead researcher who has a background in biomedical science um, and he works very closely with nationally and globally with various organizations universities and other researchers um, in trying to really push forward what's happening in terms of juvenile arthritis um, research that's going on out there Uh, last year uh, JAR project hosted the European Patient Registry, uh, looking at COVID and rheumatological conditions, and that ended up having I think over four thousand people taking part in that study uh, across fifty eight countries, and it was translated with the kindness of um, kind of volunteer interpreters that actually translated the study into 13 different languages so that was used then by doctors and other researchers and really learning and they're still they're still analyzing results from that it went went on for most of last year um, it was set up really quickly and that's one of the things i think as a small charity you can have that advantage of when something needs doing you can just get on with it and do it and you're not held back by big bureaucratic processes so that that was really incredible to have um, that level of involvement and to really to a piece of research that has been so useful at, at the current time. Um, the One of our other aims is raising awareness of juvenile arthritis. And one of the key ways um, we're doing that is we have um, a kind of campaign called Think JIA, we call it. And there's a website that goes alongside with that, as well as um, 
we've got these kind of postcards. I, I don't know if, um, if I can hold it close enough to see or not, but it's all it's all on the Think JAA um, website. So that's at www.thinkjaa.org. And that's really, that campaign is kind of a, aimed at not just the general public or, and parents, but also frontline medical professionals, because quite often you'll find that GPs won't, won't see a case of JAA in their practices for a long time. So then when they are faced with one, they might not recognise it as being possibly juvenile arthritis. And that can lead to big long delays in diagnosis and all that while that child is suffering and there is the risk of long-term joint damage happening. So um, this is kind of, it's been a slower rollout due to the COVID situation, but the idea is actually to get these resources out into um, A&E departments of hospitals, into GP surgeries, um, as well as maybe perhaps through schools and, general kind of awareness for parents to be more aware that if their child is suddenly you know if they've been okay walking and all of a sudden they're struggling to walk or having pain in their joints just to put it on the radar that you know could this be JIA um to really um you know kind of raise awareness of that as well as um the think JIA campaign on social media we kind of try and do as much as we can in terms of having kind of thought-provoking images to help raise awareness of actually what children with JAA go through, but balancing that with the positives as well, because we do see where there is prompt diagnosis and prompt treatment, there's no reason why children can't go on to have a very full active life. So we kind of try and get the balance right between, you know, showing the, the real side of how hard it can be, as well as the kind of positive outcomes that are achievable as well. Um, and then our third aim is support for families with children with JAA. And we do that mainly through support packs that we send out to children uh, when they're first diagnosed. Um, and we've also developed a new resource called the My JAA booklet, and that's available on our website and uh, paper copies also included in our support packs. So we've really tried to just fill the gaps where of you know other organizations weren't quite you know there are brilliant uh, support lines out there helplines and you know there's various other things that are going on great kind of face-to-face meetups you know normal in the normal world situation um so we didn't want to overlap with anything that's already being done we wanted to kind of fill the gap where there wasn't the support that's that's needed by parents and families when their child's first diagnosed so that's kind of where where we are in terms of what what we do <laughs> That's amazing. And, and thank you for um, giving us that detail, because I think um, it's certainly as somebody from personal experience, that was a gap that needed filling. Um, and I've seen some of your literature in that and, and that just didn't exist, especially in mm. the waiting rooms and things that I sat in as a child. Um, I'll put obviously a link to uh, I think JIA and the other resources we'll talk about in this um, in the show notes for the podcast and on the our YouTube video for anybody who wants to click through to that. Um, so we've probably touched on this a little bit, but um, do you think JI gets the attention it deserves? And, and, and I suppose how has things changed um, since I was a kid with arthritis, I suppose? I think in, in short, the answer is no, there's still a lot more that needs to be done in terms of awareness raising. Um, on the positive side, I think in terms of the medications that are now available, I think there has been a lot of development in the last, you know, for, for me since I was the age of 10, when there was literally 
it, it was just painkillers, ibuprofen, paracetamol. That was the only medication that was available to me. And that didn't help to stop the joint pain or the joint damage that happened um, to me personally. So since then, obviously, there are um, medications like methotrexate and all the biologic drugs that really can make a difference to the lives of children of JAA. So that is a really um, great area where there has been a lot of progress and it's still continuing and there's a, lo a lot being done to kind of improve things further there. So that is a really good thing. But in terms of awareness, one of the things that surprised me when my own daughter was diagnosed is the reactions from other people were very similar to what I had 30 years ago. And when they found out that conditions arthritis, I you know, I would tell people I have arthritis, that's why I'm on crutches. And the reaction almost every time was, oh, my gran has that or my granddad has that. <laughs> and they there was no understanding the fact that it's it's different from kind of older, older people's arthritis. You know, there was no understanding of that. And the same thing happened when my daughter was diagnosed. There was very much this reaction of, oh, I didn't know children could get arthritis. So that I felt kind of quite disappointed about that at the time because I thought, what what has been going on these last 30 years? You know, why has more not, not been done? So um, that's something I'm personally very passionate about. You know, it might only be one in a thousand children that have JAA, but that one child in a thousand matters. And when you look at that across um, a year, that's, you know, 20 children a week that are being diagnosed with JAA. So, you know, these children matter. They, we need to do something to, to help them, to help raise awareness. Um, and it's not just raising awareness for the sake of it, it's because that then has a real difference to the outcomes, you know, for their health. So, you know, improved di diagnosis times will help them get the medication they need sooner and the treatment they need sooner. Um, and that can then lead to, you know, kind of better outcome in terms of no joint damage happening and keeping them active and, and healthy. So my personal dream is in the same way when I became a parent, I was very aware with all the information you're given um, from the kind of midwife and health visitors is you're aware of like the signs and symptoms of meningitis for example so I think there isn't a parent out there that doesn't know about you know what to look out for you know the very basics of what to look out for with a condition like meningitis now my passion is actually wouldn't it be great if there was general societal awareness was so high for JAA that if a child suddenly had joint problems or joint pain, somebody somewhere would go, hang on a minute, could this be juvenile arthritis and at least get that referral to get it checked out? In most cases, it, it most likely won't be, but it's it's knowing when to refer to get, you know, paediatric rheumatologist to take a look at that child and to kind of make a judgment. And, you know, they're the ones that would know to be able to make that diagnosis. So, um, you know, that's something I'm really passionate about to kind of really raise awareness um, you know, general awareness, parental awareness, and even in schools and nurseries, you know, they might be the ones that notice a child might be struggling to write or, you know, holding a pen or pencil where they may have been able to before. Um, so I think that's that's one of the really important things um, for me personally. I, You know, I, that's what I want to see kind of change really in society. Um, the other thing, obviously, with uveitis, which is inflammation of part of the eye, that can happen alongside um, juvenile arthritis. And I think where there is slow diagnosis, there is obviously the risk then that damage could be happening to the eye and no one could be aware of it. So another reason to kind of really just have this awareness um, increasing, really. Yeah, and I think that uveitis is a really key one because I remember the minute I was um, diagnosed, that was the first thing they were telling me about if I ever got mm -hmm. any sort of information, my eyes straight to hospital sort of thing. And like you say, when you've got that traditional delay, and I, mm -hmm. and I think you've hit the nail on the head with the two things I experienced, the attitudes and the delay 
um, for diagnosis. You know, I think I kicked around in pediatrics for about two years, having weights hung off my legs, thinking it was growing mm-hmm. pain. As soon as mm-hmm. a rheumatologist was brought in, I was getting the treatment yeah. I needed, you know, and 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 I realised I was probably lucky back then, only waiting two years. I know people mm-hmm. waited a lot longer for that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So um, so yeah, everything you're doing there is fantastic to um to change that and just putting that that reminder that it exists with some of that um that information you're sort of given to GPs and everything is brilliant. Um, so if you could <laughs> big question, if you could change one thing about the support or awareness of those living with JIA and associated conditions, what would it be? I think if I had to pick one thing, it would be improving understanding of the condition. So I think that that would help reduce the stigma around it. So we wouldn't get so much of this, you know, my grandma has the same condition kind of thing, realizing that it's different, but also if with improved understanding, I think there would be a better um, understanding of the fact it varies day by day. So even even in this day and age, I hear stories where children have been perhaps forced to take part in a PE lesson at school because the teacher said to them, well, you could do PE last week. How can you be in so much pain this week? There's just not that understanding that actually one day you can look completely fine and take part in activities and you know kind of feel more or less fine in yourself and the following day you could wake up and really struggle to get out of bed and there's just this lack of understanding there and I think that's something that would help those those with JEA if that kind of understanding was um, improved really. Yeah, and also it is something that, as you probably know, it follows you into adult life as well. And those those things that you sort of you develop as a child, those experiences, do then worry you in your mm-hmm. career and everything else because you're assuming that people don't understand that one day you're in bed and the next day you're able to go jogging or whatever that might mm-hmm. look like. So I think that's a really valid point. Um, so thanks for all of that. Um, moving on to um, our next sort of section, um, it's Word Day or uh, World Young Rheumatic Diseases Day on the 18th of March um, this year. Those of you watching the YouTube videos will see I've been wearing the T-shirt in support of it the last two episodes, um, and you'll see lots of me- more from me on that. Um, so for those of you that don't know, it's an annual event that takes place, um, like I say, this year it's on the 18th of March, and the aim of it is to raise awareness and knowledge level for both patients and doctors and um, practitioners, but also teachers, general public, um, you know, Rebecca, you mentioned sort of nurseries now, which is another sort of point mm-hmm. that's often overlooked. Um, and ultimately is to sort of support early diagnosis and quick referral, everything that Rebecca's been talking about <laughs> up now, um, to get to those specialised paediatric rheumatologists. Um, so what plans, um, Rebecca, do Jar Project have for this? Um, I think one thing that's really important just to stress, which which you've just mentioned there, is it's not one of those awareness raising days just for the sake of it. it there is a reason behind it and there's a reason it's needed. And that is that increasing your awareness makes a real tangible difference to the lives of children with JEA and other rheumatic conditions um, and leads to better outcomes for those children. So that's one of the reasons I absolutely love Word Day. It's a it's a relatively new event, began in 2018. Um, and I also love the fact that it's a global event. So various organisations, charities or any anyone who wants to get involved really can get involved in it. And it's not, it's not promoting any individual cause or charity. It's actually a really united message to say, we need to raise awareness of of these conditions affecting children so that's one of the things I think is absolutely brilliant about it Um, in the past I think there was the opportunity for doing kind of face-to-face 
events like awareness raising events which sadly obviously this year is kind of not um, possible due to covid so um, the way I try and see it is actually taking the event online and doing a lot more online um, activities in a way it's a great opportunity to reach perhaps more people than you would with face-to-face -face kind of physical events so um, as I say something everyone can get involved in and in terms of what JAR project are doing we've already set up on our website we've set up a kind of word day hub um, at jarproject.org slash word and on there we've put some of our most um, perhaps thought-provoking or um, popular images that we've used over social media in the past um, couple of years that seem to uh, resonate with people and help kind of increase awareness of um, JAA. So that's all been made in a very shareable format on our website. So to make it really straightforward for people just to be able to click through and link, um, click the links and then share or tweet the messages out there. Um, and we're hoping obviously on the day we'll be busy on social media, really um, promoting promoting the event and promoting um, raising awareness of it. The Word Day team have also been very busy behind the scenes and they're arranging some webinars that are taking place and you can find out about that on, on the main Word Day website. You can sign up for those webinars. So we're looking forward to kind of being being part of that and being involved in Word Day this year. Brilliant. And um, yeah, for, like I say, I'll put links in in the show notes, but for anyone just listening to this, it's wordday.org for the actual event um, website. And also they've got some amazing um, sort of press kits on there. So social media shareables and various mm -hmm. bits and pieces. So so even if all you do is an Instagram post um, to raise awareness to it, that, that is brilliant. Um, so yeah, get involved with that and that'd be great. Um, so... I suppose, what, what message would you give to any parents of children with JAA listening to this conversation? I think it, for anyone that's newly been diagnosed with JAA, I think as a parent, it is a pretty scary, daunting time. And I would want to say to them, actually, things do get easier. <laughs> they, they do get better as time goes on, because to start with, it feels like a really daunting um Think that your child's been diagnosed with all of a sudden your child that had been fine running around and playing and very active all of a sudden they might not be able to walk they might struggle to eat if they if they have pain involving their jaw uh, they might not be able to write anymore if their fingers are affected you know it can affect um so many of their joints um so that can be really scary to see as a parent but i would want to give those parents hope to say you know, once the medications kick in and physiotherapy, which is a really important part of the treatment plan, I, d I don't think I really realised this as a youngster myself. I didn't realise how important the physiotherapy was, but now I see it for my own daughter. I see it as very much 50-50. The medications help, but the physiotherapy is actually vitally important as well to strengthen those muscles and to support the joints. Um, so I'd say, you know, with, with medication and physio and, and going with the treatment plan that their rheumatologists have kind of put in place, many children will go on to have really full, really active lives. They can go back to doing all their favorite sports, you know, if they're into dancing or drama or, you know, whatever their thing is, they they can, they can will hopefully soon be back to doing that. Um, in the meantime, if they need support from us, we have these support packs that um, we call them a little box of hope. And there's a reason for that is to give hope um, to these children and to these families to say, you know what, we're here with you. Um, and this is the information to kind of get you started on this journey that you never chose to be on, but we're here to stand alongside you. And the support backs are actually an idea of um, 
a JAA parent and her daughter, so who was seven years old at the time, and having gone through the experience of diagnosis and finding it quite a scary learning time themselves, they wanted to do something to make it easier for other children. So they got in touch with us and said, this is something we really want to do. And we kind of joined forces really. So they, it's all come under the banner of um, juvenile arthritis research. And they're the ones that actually do the packing up the boxes and posting them out. And it, it's a really lovely thing when people receive those because they suddenly realize I'm not the only one with this condition because in their own circle of friends, they may not actually know anyone else with the same condition, but by receiving this support pack, they can go, you know what, I'm not on my own. There are people that understand out there. Um, and, you know, it kind of gives them that confidence to deal with what they're going through. And I think that's really important because, you know, like I say, having gone through that, that experience myself, it wasn't until the advent of social media and things that mm. I felt like anybody in the world understood. And mm. by that point, I was an adult, you know what I mean? So yeah. I think it really is important. And and I suppose the other bit I'd add to that for any parents listening as well, and I'm going a little bit off script on this, but it's just because it's one of those things that I remember is that, you know, there are lots of scary times. There's lots of times where you're surrounded by people who are examining you. And, and, and my experience might have changed now, but every junior doctor and their dog <laughs> wanted to look at me and poke and prod because oh. uh, you know because of the the rarity of everything mm. um and you don't always feel like you've got the opportunity to ask questions uh, or know what's going on so so i'd say if, if there's one thing i would add to that is also give them the opportunity to be part of that conversation so mm. you know you're not feeling like a passenger or confused with yeah. what, what's going on um yeah, thank you. Everything you're doing is fantastic. I just wish it was there 20 years ago. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, so we've obviously we've talked about Word Down. That's an amazing event, and and obviously we're trying to raise awareness and everything with that. Um, but living with arthritis is a long term thing. It's a sort of every day of the year, and and it changes as you've mentioned. You know, no day looks the same. Um, is there anything else that you haven't already mentioned where Jar Project can help with that? Yeah, I, I think the My JEA booklet actually is a really good um, resource and that's been um, put together put together by us, but with input from a whole multidisciplinary team of people. So we've had pharmacists look at it, we've had um, rheumatologists look at it, we've had um, eye specialists look at it to make sure the information in there is kind of accurate and up to date and accurately reflects what a child in the UK might um, go through in terms of the diagnosis process and what to kind of expect um, as they go through um, their, their journey of you know diagnosis and treatment and looking ahead to the future as well so um, as I say that's available in our support packs but also as a free download from the website as well so anybody can access that and it's a really good one uh, to point to um, for schools to have a look at because I think that's somewhere that sometimes the understanding can be lacking it's a lot better these days than when I was a child but if you've got a school that's perhaps not come across um, a child with a condition like JAA before they might not know kind of how best to support that child and there's a whole section in the my JAA booklet that deals with things that a school can do to help support that child and things that as a child or a family experiencing JAA things that you can um, tell the school to kind of make make those needs known and make them aware of you know there's things like you know when you have a hospital appointment you don't get a choice really time or date of it and schools need to kind of have that understanding that that child might need time off for those hospital appointments because they haven't had a chance to kind of have a say in when when that is. Um, we are also putting together a teen resource pack because we're aware that our main support packs um, 
although they're brilliant in terms of having received amazing feedback from the people receiving them, we're aware that they are perhaps aimed more at children under the age of around 10. And there is this kind of gap between um, age 10 and 16 that we're we're almost there with it. It's just been a slight delay because of um, COVID um, and the people kind of dealing with putting some of the information together. There's been kind of delays there, but we're almost there with the teen resource and that's going to be a really useful pack. So in the same way that younger younger children can have the um, Box of Hope support pack. This would be like a Box of Hope teen version with everything geared towards teenagers. So um, that's something that's coming. Um, so watch watch the space for that. Um, in terms of our charity, as a small charity, I would just say if anyone wants to get involved, please get in touch because I firmly believe that if you're out there and you want to make a difference, then you can make a difference. And we've seen that just this week, there's been a young lad aged seven years old. He wanted to raise awareness because his little brother has um, JEA and off his own back, he started creating posters that his mum then shared on social media. And then he wanted to do a sponsored walk. So it's just been amazing in terms of raising awareness within his sort of friendship groups, his school, his whole community have kind of got behind him and, and that's raised awareness in that local area. Um, that you know, children can get JEA. So it, it doesn't matter what, what the idea is. If somebody's got, got an idea, something they're passionate about and they want to do, we'll be there to kind of help them make it a reality and make it happen. So, you know, we'd love to hear hear from people who want to get involved and, you know, kind of help us with fundraising or awareness raising or whatever their skill set is and whatever they're passionate about, um, to look at how how they can support us and we can support them in kind of making it happen, really. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Um, and you've sort of mentioned the website, and like I say, I'll put those links in. Is there anywhere else where people can find you, sort of social media or anything like that? Yep. So we're on uh, Twitter and Facebook as Jar Project, so at Jar Project on Twitter and Facebook. And then on Instagram, it's at underscore Jar Project. But they are all, we have got all our social links on the main website at jarproject.org. So you can go to that and, and kind of find the links from there. So yeah, please do follow. And, and I'll just say to everyone, just share, just share any anything that we put up. Please share it because there will be people in their own networks that that won't have an awareness of JEA or that arthritis can affect children. And actually, just by hitting that share button, suddenly somebody who may not have known about it before, you know, will, will get that awareness. And if they then see a child struggling in future, they they'll have it on their radar that you know could this be JEA? So. <laughs> yeah, that is the key and i literally get messages every day with the whole i had no idea and that's just in my little bubble so clearly mm -hmm. we've got a way to go with that awareness but that is by far the easiest and the best way that anyone can get involved and it's the same with the word day stuff you know find one of those pictures on the wordday.org website mm -hmm. and just share that and and it'll it'll do wonders well thank you ever so much for joining us rebecca i really appreciate your time and um and yeah, and hopefully I'd love it if you could join us again one day and give us an update on, on how things are going for the charity. Absolutely. Absolutely. That'd be great. Thank you very much for all you do and, and for having us today. Thank you. You're welcome. If you've enjoyed this episode, please check out joelversusarthritis.co.uk um, for other podcast episodes and articles on mental health, chronic illness and autoimmune disease awareness. And you can find me on the usual social media platforms at joelversusarthritis. Thank you for listening. Thank you.